Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. From the home of time. It is now quite a day for local sport from your local team. This is Charlton Live. in a one goal lead for 28 minutes of normal time and five minutes of added time bah it was never in doubt I was wearing my lucky glasses A very good evening to you and welcome to Charlton Live here on Maritime Radio. My name is Louis Mendes and we're going to be looking back at yesterday's magnificent 2-1 win up against Milton Keynes at Stadium MK. That was brought to you by the fact that for the first time ever I was wearing glasses. They proved to be lucky. We won the game. We saw out a game for the first time in the history of the football club. Joining me here at the Valley to discuss that magnificent win is Mr. Tom Wallin, who travelled all the way from Milan to be there. How are you doing, Tom? Yeah, good. Yeah, I mean, knackered. Knackered. Yeah. So, you tell, tell us about your journey to the game yesterday. Where uh, did it start, and what time? It started at two a.m. Uh, in in Bardonecchia in Italy. Yep. Uh, it had a hundred and twenty-seven mile drive, then a seven hundred and forty mile flight, then a thirty-five mile train into London. Eight miles out to my house on tube, 
10 miles back in to Euston, 46 miles up to Bletchley, and then a one and a half mile walk to the ground. That one is. I would have thought there's about 500 miles between Bletchley and the stadium, <laughs> judging by how long it takes to walk So yeah, there. I was in my house for about 10 minutes yesterday, dropping excellent. my bag off, having a shower and leaving. Yeah, excellent. And joining, joining the pair of us, uh, father-to-be, Mark Newbury. How you doing, Mark? I'm good, feeling slightly smug after I got it right on Thursday, a prediction for scores. Did you? Did you predict Yeah, yeah said, with uh, McGuinness first I said 2-1 well. with McGuinness. Why, oh, no. why do we Marshall never use first, the what correct one, the cashy bag? That's, that's the annoying thing. Well, well, I, can't Nathan. Remember, uh, I can't remember what we went for yesterday, actually. I have to check with Nate whether we won or it, it was, was that weird one about corners and bookings. Yeah, no, it was winning and both goals to score. We have to check Nate. Nate, there's half a chance we might. Have I won didn't that. even see what it was. Yeah, that's uh, we really should have checked that on tonight's show. Like I said, we are of course going to look back at yesterday's. We're going to hear the uh, Valley Pass highlights. Uh, we're going to hear from Carl Robinson. We also want to hear from you guys. Let us know what you made of yesterday's game. You can email us studio at charltonlive.co.uk. You can also uh, tweet us at Charlton Live, or you can head over to the Charlton Live forum. There's a thread on there for tonight's show. Uh, Later on, we're also going to hear from Kim Dixon, the captain of the Charlton women's team. They've progressed to the quarterfinals of the Women's FA Cup and are the only team outside the top two divisions of uh, women's football to make it this far. So a superb achievement for them. Uh, the draw is going to be tomorrow to find out who they play in the next round. Uh, our player in focus this evening is Joe Reba. He was played in a more advanced uh, number 10 role yesterday when we have seen him recently ten- tended to be in the defensive mil- uh, midfield position. We have seen him at 10 before and that's where he was played yesterday. Uh, so I want to see uh, what you guys made of his performance uh, in that position as well so plenty to get your teeth stuck into tonight and there will also be a quiz later on in the evening for the two gentlemen in the studio you'll be able to play along at home uh, if, if you want to as well so uh, just before we hear the highlights from yesterday's game Tom you were there you were commentating on Valley Pass we're about to hear your dulcet tones on the highlights but just on the performance in the game itself what did you think? The performance wasn't brilliant um, but it's the result that counts and we got it um, I think they started the better for the first 10 minutes. We then got our goal um, and then we were the better team up until about 60, scored our second goal and then they got one back immediately from kickoff. And from then on, we looked nervy and we looked like a team that are used to conceding late on in games. Um, Carl then switched it up and we'll go on to talk about the change in formation, I'm sure, later in the show. Uh, and then at the end of the game, for the last five minutes, when I expected to be the most nervous, we actually did really well to manage the game and see it out. Um, so, yeah, not the best performance in the world, but given the last three games that we've had, just pleased to get the result, really. Yeah, so if you agree with Tom there, let us know what you made of yesterday's performance. Like I say, studio at charltonlive.co.uk uh, to email. You can tweet us at Charlton Live, or you can head over to the Charlton Live forum. Have your say on yesterday's performance. Who stood out for you? Uh, is there anyone who you're disappointed with? Anything like that, let us know. Uh, also, what did you make of Carl's uh, tactical change to go to three centre-backs? He called it a five at the back. I called it three at the back with win-backs, but I mean, he, he is a professional, so he probably knows better <laughs> than I do. Anyway, let's have a listen to the highlights of yesterday's game. Greg Stubbley and our very own Tom Wallin were up there at Stadium MK. Charlton really should have capitalised on that pressure on Britain. Instead, they still have it. MK does, but they give it away as McGrandles loses out to Kashi. will go for goal here. Akme Kashi shoots oh, in. What a Kashi! Oh, Ahmed Kashi. What a strike from the Algerian. Brings the ball forward. It's a poor ball from McGrandles. Kashi picks it up. And everyone didn't expect him to shoot. Apart from that man, Kashi unleashed a pole driver past Nichols, who dives to his right, got something on it, but couldn't keep it out. And Charlton, after nine minutes, take the lead at Stadium and K. First real chance that Charlton have had in the game. And as you say, Charlton had started to press a bit higher, but the, 
MK Dons looked like they got away with it. Charlton then sat off a bit, but a misplaced pass, I think, from Britain uh, gave the ball away. And Kashi strode into the half, really, took a couple of touches and thundered the ball in past Lee Nichols in the MK Dons goal. And it's perhaps undeserved, but Charlton have got themselves in Solly front. now here. gets it in to Ben Reeves on this right-hand side, goes back to Solly. Solly plays a long ball forward and Aribo's got round the back of Dean Lewington. He's got options He's here. got plenty of space and two players in the middle. Kai Kai was screaming for it, but instead he goes short to Ben Reeves in the penalty area. Oh. Tries to curl it towards the back post, but it's bounced off uh, Elliot Ward's head. Left-footed in towards the edge of the six-yard box. It was just over McGuinness's head, but it's bounced out only as far as Ben Reeves, who gives it back to Force to Cascu, got himself back on side. Back to Ben Reeves on the corner of the penalty area. Now swings it in again left-footed. And this oh, time the header chance. comes in from Patrick Bauer. And as you say, it was a clear header and it's gone over the bar, but a brilliant chance again for Chant to double their lead. There was two chances in there. First of all, the corner from Force Cascu was inch perfect for McGuinness, who did well to beat his man, but couldn't get anything on the ball. It was a poor clearance away. He ended up getting worked back to Force Cascu on the right-hand side. Passed it short to Reese. It's a glorious cross in. Patrick Barrow had the run on his centre-half. I think it was uh, uh, Ward next to him. and got good contact on it. The heads way wide. Ben Reeves. Back to Solly, and then Reeves again, and this time Reeves through the legs of Tymon, and then Forster Kasky picks it up. Forster Kasky into Josh McGuinness, and now Ben Reeves with a bit of space to run into. He's got Jada Silva on the far side if he needs him, but Ooh. instead goes for a long-distance shot, and Nichols looked beaten, but it has gone wide of the post, but probably Ben Reeves' best opportunity so far. He said he was desperate for a goal, and he wasn't far away. Yeah, we can't tell how far away he was from the angle we're sitting, but the goalkeeper looks so uninsured. And Charlton were complaining, feeling they should have had a corner. Reeves, I didn't know why he went for goal, to be honest, because mm. he had De Silva over to his left, as we've been saying. He's clearly desperate for a goal. And he caught it so well. He's just wide in the end. The pitch as the referee brings this first half to an end. Charlton now come forward as Josh McGuinness, with his back to goal, tries to flick it forward first time to Ben Reeves, who's managed to get away from Dean Lewington, and then knocks it to his right, and Joe Aribo, who's been forced fairly wide, oh. but gets the shot away, and it bounces off the upright. It comes straight back to Joe Aribo, and Charlton still attacking. Now Solly drifts the ball in, and it's headed away oh. by MK Dons, but a brilliant chance for Charlton early on in the second half. Throw in, in line with the edge of the Milton, uh, Milton Keynes penalty area. It's going to be taken by Jada Silva and now forced to Kasky looking to whip the ball in and he does and it's a really dangerous ball all the way across and it's in there. come on super Josh McGuinness who has put on two goals in front they've been looking for that second goal they haven't really had many chances apart from the Aribo strike early in the second half but Charlton have doubled their lead through Josh McGuinness who's got another goal after that long goal drought what a ball in was it forced Kasky it just it was just a perfect ball in Goal scorers dream to get on the end of it. McGuinness did superbly well to outmuscle his player at the far post and just nod it home. Superb work for McGuinness, who's in, who's on form at the moment, going all that time without a goal. Now he's scoring for fun. Great ball in though from Forskeski and Charlton have that two goal advantage that we've been searching for for. for five months <laughs> the corner now from the uh, kickoff and it's an open header and uh, got back in it immediately I can't believe it Muirhead with a corner it was flicked on by George Williams and there was uh, Kieran Agard on the edge of the six yard box to nod past Amos and no sooner are we discussing the fact that Charlton have taken a 2-0 lead MK Dons have immediately got themselves back to within one just a minute later oh, I don't believe it honestly it's just a defending again you can't, you can't ever have a comfort win with Charlton, can you? You really cannot. It's the ball in. It's poorly defended from Charlton. The first header, head down to Agard. 
Because you know you can spacious has to head home from yards out. Jump really switched off there and really poor from their perspective, especially just after going 2-0 ahead. Yep. That will infuriate Carl Robinson. And suddenly the momentum has totally shifted now with Endrex coming forward again. And this time it's played through on the left-hand side. And uh, Tymon's got him round the back and it's back oh, to Ugpo. But a fantastic challenge from Patrick Bauer who then stabs it away. But MK Dons are all over Charlton at the moment. And if they don't learn how to deal with this, they're going to find themselves level. To the left to Nesbitt. Nesbitt closed down by Solly. There's the overlap and he uses him. The overlap, ball inside and a oh. shot from Muir straight the goalkeeper. The timing on the overlap, no one closing him down. Was able to get the ball in the box. And the first time shot from Muirhead was Paul was still with it. He's got two players accompanying his beat. Oh, he's done really well. Britain and got the ball in the box. How's he managed that towards Marshall? Gets it under control on the edge of the box. Marshall backwards to Kashi. Thinks about the shot. No. Instead, <laughs> comes back and finds Force Kasky. He thinks about shot. He goes for oh. it wide. Not far away, but Jump playing some nice stuff there. It's a lot better. They've wasted about two minutes inside to Marshall to force Kasky is good possession from Charlton and finds Kashi who can bring the ball forward Kashi thinking about another shot he go for it oh. left foot wild that one now the throw is going to be taken by Williams he's going to go long and MK Dons are wasting time themselves Williams long throw forward and there's the final whistle as Charlton hold on finally to victory lovely jubbly three points in the bag up at Stadium MK yesterday great commentary there from, uh, from Greg and Tom uh, whew I mean, <laughs> we joked about it, but I mean, when they, as soon as they got their goal back, I just tweeted the word daylight with a heart, and then they scored as from the uh, the corner about thirty seconds later, and I thought, oh god, here we go to hang on. But you know, Cole Cole changed it up, and he went for that that five at the back, and you know, I think as soon as he did that, we did feel pretty comfortable, and you know, I was really, you know, even even though there was five minutes of added time, I didn't feel like an equaliser was going to come, and uh, so glad that we've got that monkey off our back now that we have. Seen out a game, done it quite well, got three points, and you know back in the top six. Yeah, and I think almost doing it that way and not just winning comfortably perhaps shows even more character from the team. Um, you hear it if anyone who listened to the full game when we were one nil up and we were commentating, we sounded pretty relaxed. And as soon as it was two one, although the the margin of difference was the same, we were we were nervous mm. and we really felt like there was going to be a goal coming. But as you say criticism of Carl over recent weeks or perhaps even since he's been here has been his lack of a plan B and his lack of a- adapting to games and reacting uh, tactically um, I've certainly said that about him but he did do that yesterday he brought on Harry Lennon who again I've been fairly critical of in, in recent weeks although he's he's coming back from that in uh, fairly lengthy injury um, but they did fine he made a couple of good challenges I thought Barrow was strong Conza made some excellent challenges at the end and and we did. We, me and Greg both mentioned game management and that's been an issue for us and it was to let them get back in the game but then we actually saw it out pretty well. I thought it was quite a brave decision actually yesterday from Carl to change things up and go for that different formation to go with the, the three central defenders and the two wing backs in what he called a, a back five because if that back fires and we do concede a goal then people are going to once again point at him and say, oh, you tried something too different, ironically. Um, so the fact he did it, I mean, it's his job to be brave, it's his job to make these decisions, but the fact he did it, I think, uh, you know, well done. No, I think credit to him. I mean, I was worried when I saw the um, line-up beforehand and obviously Fosu was out injured, and then I saw the clip of the um, boys arriving and saw Piercy going into the changing room. And thought myself, well, that's a good sign if he's going to have him on the bench at mm. least. And I think, because he came on before Lennon, and I think possibly he, you know, has been the difference that we talked about as, as someone who's organising at the back. And I think having him there and having Lennon and Conza either side of him, 
you know, made probably looked a lot more solid than it has been over the last couple of um, uh, weeks. Mm. And, and yeah, because you mentioned their Fossey being injured. I mean, because that was the big team news when we when we were arriving, and we were all a bit worried about that. Um, but I, I don't, you know, for for all these attributes, I don't think we particularly missed him yesterday. And what in, 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 you know, battling away, he probably would have played quite well, of course. But I mean, we had we had the Arebo in the number ten role, and it's quite interesting to see. So. Uh, one of the few games this season where we've had Forster, Kasky, Kashi and Aribo all playing at the same time and you were talking after the game about that little triangle uh, about how much how much that sort of brought to us yesterday Yeah and we spoke about it when we first went live before kickoff as well and the fact that because they play with Tymon and Britain as wing backs we, we weren't and because we didn't have Fosu we weren't able really to rely on width um, I thought Kai Kai I know you guys spoke about him after I think on Thursday show after Bradford about how he had one of his better games, um, I thought he he didn't really get too involved yesterday. But yeah, those three in particular, Cashy and Forster Kasky were outstanding and Arebo in front of them was brilliant and they linked up really well and we we had to rely on passes through the middle. Um, That was the way we were going to beat them. Uh, I think MK Dons kind of beat themselves with some very sloppy mistakes, but as soon as we started to press them high up the pitch and force them into those mistakes we got results from it and, and that's exactly what those three players in particular did. Reeves and Kai Kai did do their fair share as well, Marshall uh, more when he came on, but uh, it was certainly through the middle that we had to be strong and, and I thought we were and to be honest, I think Aribo suits that, that number 10 better. Um, I, you know, he There he can pick up the ball on the half turn and drive forwards as opposed to being that little bit deeper and you can still run from the number 10 role and break forward and that's what he did but I think it allows him a little more creative freedom up there with two players in behind him and obviously I think in an ideal world for me it would be Billy Clark playing number 10 but given that he's out uh, and with Reeves not quite up to speed still I think uh, I'd have a Rebo there all day long and actually, um, the the other the other change was was Marshall for for Reeves. Now, Carl mentioned after. I mean, so effectively, you've got you know in Reeves, you've got a player who's not an out and out winger at all, playing mm. on the wing. Uh, and and uh, Carl said after how we wanted him to come a bit more central because he knows all about Dean Lewington. He's and he, what he said was Dean Lewington likes a one on one battle. So what I think he said was you know he thinks that Lewington might have had perhaps a better of Mark Marshall in this particular game. So he decided to go for a player who would go in a bit more central. And I mean, you know, I've I've seen mixed reviews. For, for Reeves but I thought he played pretty well yesterday yeah I think the one issue really with him was he was so desperate to score against his old club and there were a couple of times where he made the wrong decision you heard in the commentary there the one where he tried to curl it towards the far post a couple of other times if he'd have probably not been playing MK Dons I think he would have ended up playing a better final ball um, but yeah as I just said there we had to play through the middle um, there wasn't really a lot of space out wide for either of them so for Reeves to come in and play a bit more centrally I think that worked quite well and mm-hmm. And he did. He he pressed Lewington all day. Um, I think it kind of took Lewington out of the game a little bit as well because he did get involved in that one-on-one battle. And we did. We pushed high all across the pitch. And it was just, as I say, it wasn't the best performance in the world, but it, it was quite an intelligent performance. And we yeah. did manage that game well. Just done some stat checking there while, while you were talking. And uh, I, I said we don't often see a Rebo for Stokaski and Cashy plays together. That's the first time we've seen it happen. Well. So... Interesting. I wonder, I wonder if we'll see more of that going forward because so many people have called for a rebound to come back into the team. And in that more forward position, because I, I think in the defensive midfield position, 
Cashy is Cashy. I don't think you can drop Cashy. Mm. Uh, and you've got Forster Kasky. For me, I've said quite often he's been our player of the season. Yeah. Uh, but I also think Forster Kasky adds a little bit more going back than Joe Aribo does. I mean, Aribo's fine going forward. I think he's, he's not com- not out of the woods, of course, going back. He's, he's nothing nothing wrong with him really going back. But I think Forster Kasky adds a little bit more for me. No, true. I mean, I'd said previously that, you know, the fact that um, Jake came straight back in after being um, injured. I thought was a bit rum because I didn't think Aribo had done anything wrong. Um, I just think it, you know, probably a masterstroke yesterday when they got our lineup, you know, and they looked their their manager and their coaches have looked at it. That wasn't something they'd planned for. They'd probably mm-hmm. looked at the, they'd probably expected us to start with Marshall, like you say, to run at Lewington, and so that probably threw them for a curveball. And knowing actually, well, these are the players they've got. You know, where, where's he going to play them? And we we're obviously probably surprised to see Aribo playing a lot higher up the pitch. But I mean, he's he's a he's a good young player, and you know doesn't make too many mistakes. And I think you know when he smacked one against the um, post yesterday, you know it just shows what he can do and that confidence he's getting mm. in the um, forward areas. And I mm. think that's probably down to um, Bowyer's coaching for him. Yeah. Now, uh, probably fair to say it was maybe a, a slow start from from Cholton. I thought Milton Keynes maybe sort of just started on the front foot. I mean, they weren't really creating much. They had the one cross uh, that, that came into the middle, possibly from Agard. I can't remember that. That Amos sort of uh, cleared towards the edge of the box, and the shot shot ended up being deflected wide. But other than that, you know, it was a, a fairly even cagey start from both teams. But then you mentioned there. I mean, uh, Milton Keynes with their the position they're in in the league, they're obviously making a lot of mistakes. Uh, and uh, we've capitalised on one. There was a loose ball in midfield that Cashy's picked up, and now I mean he's added it to his game over the last couple of weeks. Just something I haven't really didn't really know he was that capable of, uh, other than that goal he scored at Peterborough a couple of seasons ago. It was goal scoring, and he was more than willing to have a pop from there. Uh, t- second goal in four games for him, and it's a superb strike. Yeah, brilliant strike, and uh, yeah, I did think Milton Keane started slightly the better. The the uh, wing backs who I mentioned, Tymon and Britton, were getting beyond uh, Solly and De Silva a couple of times. They were looking at that crossfield ball over uh, De Silva. Uh, they did that two or three times in the opening nine minutes. But as you say, their end product wasn't really there. Um, we weren't tested really around the penalty area itself. Um, and then, yeah, on the tenth minute, uh, a sloppy mistake that he capitalised on, and he had two or three runners um, either side of him if he wanted to choose it, but. We have seen him shoot from that distance before uh, a few times and obviously given that goal against Peterborough, usually when he gets the ball 30 yards out you hear everyone shout shoot, particularly when he's here at the Valley. Um, But yeah, it's not that often that it goes in but it was a cracking strike. Uh, Greg, I think, said in the commentary perhaps Nichols could have done a little bit better, but having seen the replay, I think actually it was a it was a decent strike and a good finish. I felt the rest of the first half really was ours after that. I, yeah. I, I didn't write down a single Milton Keynes chance after that. Uh, not long after, we saw uh, McGuinness put a glorious cross uh, right across the face of goal. And one of those ones where people say, oh, you know a striker knows how to cross it because he knows where you want it. Yeah. Unfortunately... Josh McGuinness is not quick enough to run onto his own cross to be there to tap it in because it was a, a, a superb ball. And then, and then we had a couple of these chances. Like, like I said, Reeves, he had a shot blocked on the edge of the box. Then not long after, I think from the corner that came it came back out to me, put it in and Bowers heading it over. Uh, and then just before half time, yeah, Reeves again whistled one just wide from you mm. know twenty five thirty yards. So uh, <laughs> was, was there just a little bit of a, at half time thinking, oh, could be two, could be two, and yeah. it's not. How's it going to go? <laughs> yeah, and we'd said that. Oh pretty much in the build-up of the game and all during that first half that we need that Milton Keynes aren't a good side at the moment they're, they're on a poor run of form they haven't won under this new manager yeah, they're down there for a reason every single game and so we had to make that count we had to and whilst it was 1-0 you would feel it was an easy team talk for him to say to his players look 
they concede late goals. You know, it's easy to just pile on that pressure in the last 10 minutes. And so we kept saying we need to get that second. And I think a few of those chances, as you say, the McGuinness cross was, was fantastic. There was no one at the end of it. I think the Patrick Bauer header, he should have done better. Mm. But the others, really, they were good chances and Milton Keynes snuffed them out or, or we weren't quite on target. Um, but we were still creating chances and that was positive. As Carl says, over the last four or five weeks since we've been on this little wobble, we haven't played badly, really. And OK, I, I wasn't at the, the Bradford game in the week, but from the sound of things from the show on Thursday, you guys said we played all right then as well. So it's been frustrating. And, mm. and when we went in at 1-0, there was a little bit of doubt that thought we, we need to get a second in the second half, otherwise they might get back into this. Yeah, first half of the Bradford game with a good second half, it was, it was all Bradford. Now, uh, something I did forget to mention actually about the Cashy goals, when, we, when I went through PA to have a look at the photos of the goal, I mean, found a photo where it looked like the Cashy managed to do it without even looking. <laughs> the the no-look pass that Thierry Henry started dishing out when he was playing for Arsenal. Cashy's knocking in 25 yarders with his eyes shut. He's looking over his shoulders. He's seeing what's for, for, you know, if he can get a cup of tea. Don't care. As long as, long as it goes in. You know, it, no, it was a terrific strike. And when you see it, you're thinking, that, wow, that's really... I don't think their goalkeeper could have really done much about that. Nah. Because He's got hands on to it as well, I think. So, you know, it was incredible where credit's due. And like a few weeks ago, he hit the post from roughly the same distance. And obviously, they're seeing something in training where he's getting the opportunities... And the coaching is obviously kicking in and saying, you know, have a crack. Because mm. it always used to be sort of like an, a strange puzzle for like a lot of chart and midfield, where they'd get into an area where you'd want them to shoot, and they'd go sideways, or they'd look to the wing, or it'd go back. And you'd be so frustrated sometimes with your midfield. So if you're going to get into that area, and, some, and it really opened up in front of him, and say, well, you know what, go and put your foot through it, and he did. So... Mm. Lovely stuff. Start the second half then, so we were all saying at half-time, right, it's 45 minutes to, to see this out now as such, but it's not It's not like we sat back immediately and we didn't. We had those chances at the start of the second half as well, uh, where Aribo w- w- was played through just in, in, on the edge of the penalty area, hit it right-footed and it rebounded, absolutely crashed off that off that near post as well. And it would, it, I think a, a goal would have been very much deserved for his performance yesterday. Yeah, 100%. It was a brilliant strike as well. and. It's one of those where the ball was played through to him and it's running across his body and you think if they hit that wrong, they're just going to shank that into the, the Charlton fans behind that goal. But it was a, a really good connection. Hit the upright and thundered straight back to him and then we had a second chance as a result. But yeah, I, I fully thought he deserved a goal yesterday. As I say, he was outstanding in that number 10 role and that's the sort of movement that because he's not playing in the more defensive role, he can he's allowed to do that. And uh other number 10s, as I say, Billy Clark tends to do it. When we've seen Reeves in there at the moment, maybe not so much. But uh, yeah, Aribo, I thought, was was doing that two or three times yesterday. 2-0 on the hour mark. A quick throw-in that caught both the Milton Keynes defence mm. and myself out. I missed our second <laughs> goal. I was staring at my laptop, looked up and the goal went in. And I, was, I was actually, in a way, quite glad that Milton Keynes scored straight away because then when they came to me on air to describe the goal, I had to squeeze everything in so I could only say the names <laughs> of the goal scorers. So I didn't have to go, I have no idea what happened, but it's 2-0. But um, a quick throw, uh, free kick, uh, free throw-in, sorry, for Sikaski, left foot ball, right into the what, what we like to call the corridor of uh, the corridor of uncertainty mm. uh, and then there's big josh hustling at the far post putting his body on the line you know beating his defender to it there was uh, mark uh, quite rightly said off air that when you watch the replay the gopro they put out in quick time it makes you, you you're sort of half wondering if the defender headed it in but i slowed it right down on my phone and there's just a little frame where you can see is quite clearly yeah. 
Josh's goal. It's uh, it's gone behind the defender. Josh has muscled his way in there and put it in. Uh, and just for him, and you, you can read his interview in the South London Press tomorrow. He's obviously delighted to be back scoring goals. But you know, as a, as a show that's kept its faith in, yeah. in Josh McGuinness, I think we're we're delighted for him as well. Absolutely, yeah. And it came from it started the whole move with a Jake Forster Kasky free kick, which was actually pretty terrible. Uh, it went out for a throw, and then he had a cross from a very very similar area, and it was through that corridor of uncertainty, not dissimilar to the Josh McGuinness ball in the first half, but this time obviously Josh was on the end of it, and. Yeah, you're right, George from the club uh, slowed the video down on the journey back yesterday and you could see it, it was his goal. I think that's eight for the season now, which considering he's had that long drought, you know, we said he's never going to be a 20-goal-a-season man, but if he keeps this run up and he gets anywhere near 15 for the season, considering the goals we've got across the team, I think that's good business. And, mm. and as you say, we obviously heard from him after the game and he just seems like such a decent bloke as well. And I was I was so pleased for him because he has... an you know, work, working hard isn't everything, particularly when you're a forward. You're going to be judged on your goals, but he does put a shift in and he made some defensive clearances again yesterday, but he's now backing that up with goals again as well. And yeah, I was so pleased for him. And, and as you said, it, it was going to give us a bit of daylight, we yeah. thought. Yeah, well, we were basking in the glow of that two goal lead for all of about 15 seconds. Uh, Milton Keynes went uh, straight from the kickoff, went and won a corner. Uh, it curled in, flicked on at the near post, and it, Agard, actually, if you watch it back, did really well, actually, to adjust his body yeah. and, to, and to head it at goal. But I mean, uh, as soon as that goes in, you, you, we're enjoying this uh, this two goal cushion for the first time in what feels like forever, and it's taken away straight away. And I guess everyone's then really nervous again. Well, most most teams normally have sort of like one player who can be a danger. And I think Agard. I mean, we were linked with him once before. He's got he's a good de- goal record against record us. And, and, yeah. and knows where the goal is. And to be honest, there's not a lot we could have done. It came over at such a pace, and it whips off, you know, to him. At such a pace and past Amos, but you know, I don't. He didn't even like see it. So you know, I think in the end, you're thinking, right? Is it going to go bad again? But I think you know, the, the pressure there under Milton Keynes because they are on such a bad run. I don't think it, that would have given them the confidence to go. You know, we can get something out of this. Mm. So you know, yeah. it, it wasn't really a concern as yeah. such. I mean, just in the immediate aftermath, though, there was that shot from uh, Ogbo as well that Bow mm. did really well to block. Now Bow went off injured after that block, but he really, really put his body on the line there. Just because that is when you are at your most vulnerable. I think when you've just conceded and the, the opposition team are really on a on a high and they they attacked almost straight away and it came to Ogbo edge of the box. Bauer put his body on the line, took took one for the team there because he has had to go off injured. But I mean, that was a huge block for us just in, at that point in the game. Yeah, and uh, through most of the game up until that point the only sound we'd heard had been from the Charlton fans who were magnificent yesterday I think almost 1200 of them up there and then when they scored that goal it was like the Milton Keynes fans finally got invested in the game and realised there might be something there well they're latecomers to football themselves aren't they (laughs) that's true no surprise they're latecomers to a game takes them a while Um, and yeah uh, and on the whole Mark's right you know because they're on such a bad run of form you don't worry too much but for 10 minutes then the crowd were up and there was there was a bit of atmosphere there and you thought, uh-oh, and maybe it's because we'd had these these last three games that we were more nervous than we actually needed to be. Mm. But Carl introduced a, a change in tactic. The players ma- started to manage the game better and from 70 minutes up until 95, 96, mm. we saw it out and we, yeah. were, we were not comfortable, but we I wasn't nervous for that mm. period of time. And that 20 minutes, like you say, I'm so... so- uh, Bauer went off Jason Pierce comes mm. on first appearance since mid-December of course with his injuries coupled with the tactical change that saw Kai Kai go off and Harry Lennon come in and go go to that three or five at the back whichever way you want to you want to call it and that is when we started to look more comfortable and again you, you go to your notes you're not really seeing 
any um, any any chances for Milton Keynes in that time. You're seeing us a couple of times on the break. I think Cashian and Forster Kasky both had goes from from distance, and then uh, right as we as we uh, went into 90 minutes as well, uh, just coming up to it, I think McGuinness mm. had that shot as well on on the counter attack where he probably should have played in Cashy. Yeah. Um, but you know, so we we look dangerous on the counter, and now Carl talks about it in his press conference in his interview after. That's that's exactly what he planned to do. Yeah, yeah, and he executed it perfectly. The players executed perfectly. Can't remember if it was McGuinness or Reeves after the game that said they'd worked on that. You know, just mm. in case, because obviously they're aware of the recent record of conceding late on as well. And it and it did work. And we saw it. I think it was it against Oxford in the checker trade. We played the three at the back. Yeah, and it was okay. There was a lot of different personnel there. I think Jacko was one of the three central defenders. But <laughs> it shows that they are trying that and they are working on different things and I have to give Carl Robinson credit because as I say although I am a fan of his on the whole I I think the whole show have been fairly critical of perhaps his lack of a plan B and his lack of adapting when when things aren't going our way but they did it there uh, and it made a big difference because as I say Lennon came on and made a couple of good blocks there was one chance I think where a player burst through I think from a mistake from Konza but Konza's recovery tackle was absolutely fantastic Pierce back on is obviously a huge boost and we did look dangerous on the break and then Mark Marshall came on late as well and has that added pace I think him as a as a sub actually works better no discredit to him at all but I think his pace against tired legs worked really well and I think as a def- as a defensive influence mm. as well Marshall was quite yeah. respecting that because he does track back quite well as well yeah so. and I thought just thought the whole thing worked really well and of course as a as a Charlton fan you you're going to be nervous coming into the end because you you want the three points but actually when you look back at it now you think well we didn't really have too much to worry about Mm. and uh, so back in the playoffs now psychologically you know still with those two games in hand as well but back in the playoffs now we're the team that has to be chased again and I guess that gives us that little bit of a boost I guess Mark well if you look at the um, teams below us um, Plymouth, Bradford, Portsmouth well Plymouth and Bradford mainly because they're on 50 points we're on 51 Portsmouth on 46 so you're looking at and when I say we've got two games on Plymouth game on Bradford dirty Bradford Um, (laughs) so there's no reason we can't be saying you know let's finish full fifth and push on Mm. Um, you know I don't think there's any reason we can look and and say we can't do that how far are we off top? Uh, uh, 13 points Ah, easy easy come on play for it at the back all week all game and we're going to win the league excellent (laughs) right time to hear from Carl Robinson uh, he came to speak to the, uh, uh, the the gathered press after yesterday's game. Don't forget, though, of course, if you want to have your say, uh, we've got tweets and emails that have come rolling in already, but you can add yours, uh, studio at charltonlive.co.uk. Uh, on the email, you can tweet us at charltonlive, or there's a thread on charltonlive where we've got a uh, message already as well. So head over to there if you want to have your say. This is what Carl Robinson said after yesterday's win up at Milton Keynes. Oh, good accent. Not really. They didn't have little other than that um, little spell, and they've got a goal against the runner play. It's not like us to concede with set pieces. We've been very good at that this year. Uh, you can see our reaction when it went in. We were kicking floors and water bottles on the touchline. But uh, I, I thought we looked, we looked different level in some ways at times today. And of course, you know, after the the disappointments of the late goals over the last three weeks, I guess in a way, it's, <laughs> in a way, it's a bit of a monkey off your back today. <laughs> Those, I said to Jacko, my shirt is sweating under his coat. <laughs> um, listen, we, but we, we've made subs all in these games that what we felt were for the benefit of the of the of the results, and I think every sub that we've made, other than my mistake against Oxford, was for the right reasons. 
Um, and again today we went to a five at the back we just felt a lot of the fans thought that was going defensive too soon but it wasn't it was an offensive substitution because we felt that if we had two players on their three and we could turn over we hit them on the counter attack and we did three or four times and I thought the last 15 minutes we looked very very good um, and I'm really pleased Listen, the fans were excellent to stick with us right to the end of trying to get them going towards the end because it's been hard for them as well and we appreciate that um, it's hard for all of us as, as, as a football club but listen we're back in the top six it's a great win without Tariq Foshu not being here he'll be back for next week we hope Pacey got minutes under his belt and I think um, we'll leave here very very happy people and you mentioned you mentioned injuries there you also lost uh, Bauer today is, is there anything too serious do you know we're, we're not too sure we'll have to wait and see yeah. I don't even know what it is I didn't ask him <laughs> I was too enthralled in the game uh, a man Charlton fans probably weren't expecting to see get too many goals this season at Mokashi's got he's, he's second in a couple of weeks now is there something new he's added to his game recently <laughs> no no <laughs> no he's, he's, he's a great player Cash everyone knows what I think of Ahmed um, if him and Jake today was, was sensational in midfield I thought the two of them looked a class act um, Joe Reed, but we did, he did it. We played a different system. Well, we, play, we played the same. So people say, "Oh, you played a different." We played the same system, just different types of personnel. We felt that their holding midfield player dictates a lot of their game, and Joe is a rash. Joe's strength is his pressing, his winning the ball back, and we felt that if, it, if we're going to work on his shape, while we're trying to work on him as a, as a, as a two midfield, that why not give him some minutes ahead of the game where he doesn't overly have to worry about. It. He had one job today: look after their holding midfield player. I thought he done that really well. And as you mentioned earlier, back in the in the, t- the top six now, so you're in a really strong position. Still got a game in hand as well on some sides around you. Well, we've, got two, we've got two games around on most of them in and around, so I think that's a great position to be in. Thanks, like I said, we got to 51 points with two games to go last year, so it's 15 to go. So look at the improvement that we've made. I'm really proud of everybody. Oh, what Marshall here on the side? What was the thinking behind that? As a sub? Uh, yeah. Why did I drop him? Yeah. I didn't drop him. I just thought it was a tactical decision today. <laughs> Listen, Dean Lewington trained with us and I, and I just felt that he likes that 1v1 duel Dean Lewington but I just felt playing with a narrow two number 10s and getting into little pockets and briefly showed his quality today I thought he was excellent some of the stuff that he does is, is unreal, unreal the little man and he nearly scored a worldie um, so uh, he's just stood up with our shows and he's be careful not giving too much praise I was going to say because he, he got through quite a bit today were you surprised about that? Especially well he, ter- he, he turned down a contract um, and walked away I got sacked <laughs> <laughs> That wasn't my choice. But listen, I'm in looking back now. They they finished a few points ahead of us last year, and they had and they had a go in the summer. And we've changed everything we've do. We've not spent any money. We've reassessed what we're trying to do and look at the difference in where where we are now. Um, it doesn't just take maybe finances. It takes a bit of determination and an overhaul in different ways. We had this conversation with our press conference on Thursday about all the stuff that we're trying to do. But today I thought what they played into our hands a little bit, and you got to give. I thought they played well. But they played the way to uh, Oldham away on Tuesday night, and that's got to have something in your legs today. You're not getting back till 2 3 in the morning. We've got to do it in Blackpool in a few weeks. So it does have a massive influence on the results towards the back end of the game, and we just, we just got, I don't think we looked under any pressure at all in the last 10 minutes. Yeah, just with, uh, you said switching to that back five today, does it show that your team can play in other formations other than. We, we, we went 4 4 2 the other week in the last few minutes, we went 4 3 3. Um, we've, we've tried everything. Um, maybe we'll come with a four and just to see how, but you can't do it every week against the flat back four that was against the three and one striker so we, we just worked very hard I want to thank Brett and the, and the analyst team they put an awful lot of work into to trying to get us and really prepared as we possibly can um, but now that result that, that draw on Monday on Tuesday is a great draw so we were gutted when we walked off this result now makes it a good a good draw I was going to say obviously all the focus will be on um, on um, Charlton obviously but MK Dons in the relegation zone yeah can you see them staying up I hope so I really do 
Um, I didn't work for seven years. It's hard for, the, for just to want them to get relegated. It's not the type of person that I am. The time that I leave Charlton, I look back on this football club and want the, the success for it just the same way. Um, and all the fans have come out that hope they appreciate that that whenever I leave here I'll be looking for their results every week because I want them to be successful and I want these not to be as successful as the team that I'm at um, but I don't want them to fall away like they are listen this football club is very controversial and it's birth as you all know especially in South London where we're from um, but what it's certainly done and I know with, with my daughter in here what this has done for the community of Milton Keynes as, as a football hub in some ways and what it's done within the local schools and so many diverse sort of components to, to society nowadays it's worked very hard on that to try and banish that that sort of way people look at it so I wish them luck from now on um, but listen you've got to play some of the teams that we're up against so the best hopefully they do start winning and um, that can help us towards the back end of the season yeah he just didn't travel he'll hopefully maybe play a game on Friday uh, Pearcey will play some minutes on Monday Nicky and Jose will play some minutes on Monday hopefully um, and um, Jackal will have a little cameo possibly on Monday so we've got a game where not Ipswich Ipswich no it's not Ipswich um, and then we'll, we'll, we'll take stock so just clarify Navi was a selection not, not an issue. no he, he listen he wasn't right to train he's trained all week but I still think he needs minutes like I said we played Pearcey I think Pearcey come on and look the man when he came on and uh, I'm very proud of him as well he's worked very hard to get that and i tell you what I will say Steffi Mavidi was here in the crowd today a lone, a lone player no, he sat just behind us I've seen his little little smug face for 10 minutes to go um, so, and that just shows you a lone player that comes away from home to support his team shows you and he just give you a bit of good news you think Gaffer's going really well so I had a little bit of so not only the result of we can get Steffi Mavidi back in four weeks five weeks that'll, that'll, that's better than eight that we first thought yeah. um, and hopefully Tariq Foss will be fit by next week as well he had a bit of fatigue issue so fans need to I want to mention something as well is that when I sub Tariq with 10 minutes to go and he's the best player and fans go that's rubbish he shouldn't be doing that we have to protect him he's ruining he's, the kid's never played this much football in his life so we sub him to protect him and all of a sudden it's like, you shouldn't do that because he's the best player it's not about that you've got so many different facets to why you substitute a player and me leaving him on has probably, has probably cost him an injury in some ways and uh, that's frustrating for me and him but hopefully he'll recover this week and he'll be back in the squad for next Saturday so just a recurrence of the thought no, it's a groin, it's a hip flexor. It's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a str- another one, another weird one. Chip ball, looking for the run of Fossu, who's onside Fossu, edge of the penalty area. Can he get a shot away? He can, and it's the opening goal. Tariq Fossu sprung the offside trap, gets his second goal of the season, and Charlton's first of the evening, and they're 1-0 up here at the Banksy Stadium. After my four for stupid enough to, to take it. That's my wife's words, that by the way. <laughs> <laughs> so, welcome back. This is Charlton Live here on Maritime Radio on your Sunday evening. Great to hear there from Carl Robinson, the Charlton manager, after we uh, won on his uh, return to Stadium MK's. Won both his league visits uh, back there, of course. He did lose in the FA Cup uh, replay after extra time in his uh, first return. But, uh, yeah, excellent. He seemed, seemed pretty happy after the game. Yeah, he said, said he was said he, he was a little bit nervous, but um, I think he, yeah, we felt fairly comfortable, and I think he said that. Yeah, as I said earlier, I think every Charlton fan would have been nervous going into that last five minutes because 
it's the nature of being a football fan. You worry that your club's going to concede and, and let you down at the end of games, particularly being a Charlton fan over the last recent weeks where we have done exactly that. But um, yeah, as I say, when you look back at the game and reflect on it, actually we were fairly comfortable uh, and we should be really because, as I say, Milton Keynes have been on a poor run um, and won under this manager and we have to expect to win games like that. I talked a lot in the early parts of the season about an arrogance that we need to have if we want to finish in those top six places and we still need that now despite the fact that we've not been as brilliant perhaps over the last two or three months. But um, yeah, it was fairly comfortable and we now look ahead to Shrewsbury which is probably going to be a lot a lot tougher uh, in terms of a game. But again, let's have nothing to fear and we've got ourselves back in, in winning ways which is great. Mm. And uh, Carl also mentioned there about Tariq Fossey saying... Uh, uh, he should hopefully be back next week. But just an interesting point that he made there about, um, you know, he, he's sort of reacting to if fans were saying we shouldn't have taken him off at certain times because he, he feels like the player needs protection. So it's interesting he's picked up on that. Um, and he, he does often, like, we've seen it a few times where we haven't given players protection, particularly with Mavadidi last season where we ran him into the ground literally and he broke his uh, hamstring. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's difficult. I mean, it's going to give Carl a bit of a headache next Saturday. I mean, if Fozzie's fit, possibly, I can't, maybe Bauer will be out. But, you know, now you've got Pierce, uh, Naby and Lennon all fit to go alongside Konza. You know, who who do you drop out? I mean, does he mm. does he keep with a three? You know, obviously proved it worked yesterday. We were having a Rebo in there. But mm. does he revert to putting Marshall back on? You know, Reeves is, is looking better. So, you know, I think there's probably about... Maybe six guaranteed names, but the rest of the five, no. Mm. Well, so let's uh, let's have a look at the correspondence. Uh, anyway, the first one comes in on the Charlton Life forum. It's from Red Chase. who said it didn't look like five at the back uh, for me, chaps. De Silva was much further forward than Lennon and Solly on the opposite side. So Carl may have wanted to play a five-three-two, but it definitely looked like a four-four-two to me. However, full credit to the management team for changing it for the better uh, and for getting the three points. Fort Reeves was no more than average yesterday, and Kai Kai uh, was very disappointing. I mean, I, I, I did notice at times that so when the ball was on, for example, our left-hand side. Uh, then the right-hand side player might have been still been a bit further forward with the left-hand side to Silva coming back to make it. So at that point, it would almost look like a back four with Solly further forward and then vice versa when it went on to the other side. So at times, it did look like there was four there. But I think that's just the way this back five with wing-backs work. If the ball's in your left-back position, then your left wing-back is going to drop and almost be in line with the rest of them. Exactly, yeah. And you could see when they... When uh, he first came on, it was clear that there were three central defenders and that was the tactic. I mean, obviously, they're going to move around and they're going to adapt based on where the opposition are attacking. But, um, yeah, it, it definitely was. Whether it was 3-5-2 or 5-3-2, that's, that's up for debate in terms of where you classify those wing-backs. But mm. there were certainly three central defenders in that position and it was it was the tactic that Milton Keynes had employed in the first half and then they seemed to go to a 4-4-2 in the second half and then we kind of then change to ours to have three at the back but uh, whichever way you choose to, to call it, it, it certainly worked mm. uh, You also mentioned there Sully, Sully Kai Kyle, what did you make of his performance yesterday? Uh, I don't think he was brilliant um, as I say I think we were going to have a hard time getting down the wings anyway but he could have perhaps done more like Reeves did and, and get uh, come further in, there were a couple of times he got down to the byline, beat his man and got crosses in and He's not had a huge amount of football in recent weeks, so I'm prepared to give him the benefit of the doubt. But um, yeah, he doesn't at the moment seem to have the same impact on games that, that Tariq Fosu has. Mm. Um, of course, one, he's a loney, and two, he, he hasn't played a lot of football. Um, yeah, it wasn't one of his better games. As I say, I know that you guys talked about him. I can't remember if it was after Doncaster or Bradford, but you said he had a, a better game then. So yeah, I 
I'd like to see more of him before I, I really pass judgment. But yesterday wasn't certainly he wasn't one of our better players. I wouldn't have said. Well, we've had some tweets in earlier on this afternoon from F. James. Good evening, chaps. Not pretty by any means. The point's bagged and we move on. Why, oh, why do we not shore up the defence when two up? We got away with it. Luck is what we uh, what it is. We deserve some. And so we gallop onto the finish line. Well, I guess there really wasn't that much time to shore it up in between the, in between the our second goal and their, and their, uh, their one that they pulled back. Uh, Ev carried on. Uh, we can't afford any more slip-ups now. Massive games ahead. We should all go all out attacking every game and then tighten up the defence. Lennon is a good bet to bring on, but not to start. Jose needs a go, a go now and says yes for Big Josh. I know he's scoring uh, now, but he needs a rest for the next couple of games. Controversial, I know, but you don't win battles without risks. I mean, uh, w- w- would you drop a striker who's scored I, three I, in his I, last four? I wouldn't drop him. You wouldn't drop him when he didn't score in 15, so no, I'd be surprised I mean, if he drops him now. And it was weird because I was reading, someone said about, you know, the boo boys had been on Josh's back. I'm thinking, I don't remember hearing too much. I mean, I think people have just... He's come off Twitter. Yeah, but people have, have been sort of like, yeah, but this is, a, I suppose, a you'd hear it more of a ground because it's half mm. empty but I think people have just been more frustrated but I think when you look at the work he's done and I, I think you look at the work as I said to you you know if, if a stat guy could tell you how often he's headed the ball in his own penalty area you know yeah. it's probably higher than any other player we've got on the, on the pitch and because of his height and he's, he reads you know a defence well I, I think I, I wouldn't drop McGuinness especially in, you know now he's got three in Three and three, three mm, and four. Three and four, yeah. So, you know, yeah. I think you want him to see his confidence up yeah. and thinking, now he's the top scorer at the moment, yeah. which will possibly push on Fozzie when he comes back because yeah. he wants it. Yeah. So. Uh, Andrew tweeted in saying, just as Zyra arrives to threaten McGuinness's place, a sudden upturn in form. Is it a coincidence? I think not. I mean, I thought that with Fossey. So remember when Fossey got his hat-trick against Fleetwood? That was when he had you know, an alright start to the season, but that just when Reeves and Marshall were coming back. And that was the first game the two of them were on the bench, and then he upped it a bit and scored a hat-trick. So I wonder if we are seeing that now for, for Big Josh, who hasn't really had any competition for that starting place this season. Yeah, and, and I think that is the case. Um, look, he, he went on that goal drought, and he'll be the first to admit that that's not good enough. Um, but the manager's had faith in him. He's brought players in as well to compete for that position. And Josh has stepped up and delivered. And uh, I think he deserves a, a huge amount of credit for that. Um, he probably would have been disappointed to see a Hearn Grant go as well. Um, I think there are times when McGuinness has needed a rest and not been able to have it. And that's the good thing now that we've got those options. For me, like Mark, we're, we're fit. He has to start because he can offer us what he's offered us in the last four games. But if he is now going on another run like he has done, then Carl's got some options to bring on with a Jose and Zyro and players like that. So, mm. yeah, I don't think it's a bad thing to have a bit of healthy competition because, as you say, when they don't, there's a tendency to perhaps become complacent. Will Bollin says, uh, how busy is it at the Valley tonight or have you been made to sign NDAs until the morning? <laughs> uh, well, there's, uh, when, when I arrived here, there was uh, one car in the car park. And that was the security guards' car park, uh, cars. So uh, doesn't see the, the, the boardroom lights are off. I was I always check, always check, just in case. Once we saw Carl Robinson in there, uh, me and Nathan after in the boardroom a few well, was at least at least last season, I think. Yeah, so uh, yeah, but no, nothing nothing clearly going on. Again, no one changing the locks when we turned up. Was Carl pointing at something? Uh, he was. He was pointing. He was pointing at a uh, Excel spreadsheet with Chris O'Loughlin actually doing some stats work. Uh, right, London Nick says absolutely. Uh, oh, actually, that's the. For Aribo, so we'll save that for later. That is on the uh, the player in focus. Uh, Joe Aribo is our player in focus. So if you find that tweet and respond to it, uh, you can uh, let us know what you made of his performance yesterday. Later on in the show, Reese uh, tweets in says, uh, "Don't think we were great, but we were pretty good." 
uh, and I think deserved the win on the balance of play. Such a massive relief when the final whistle went. I was sure we were going to concede again after recent weeks, especially when they put so much pressure on us for about five minutes after their goal. I thought Reeves, Bauer and Cashy were very good, but my uh, man of the match was McGuinness. Uh, not only scoring, but I thought his hold-up play was very good too. Great to see his scoring record improving so much at the moment. We really needed him to score more. Uh, if we're going to make the playoffs and so three in four is now very good the uh, the atmosphere was brilliant yesterday uh, and I wasn't there but apparently very good at Doncaster it would be great if we could keep that up uh, till the end of the season I've noticed that I mean the, the away fans have had drums with them for the last couple of games as well which always helps the atmosphere and it mm. certainly was I mean Doncaster was superb and, and, and yesterday it sounded pretty loud as well from, from where we were didn't it yeah yeah again I wasn't at Doncaster either but um, I, even just hearing the highlights you could hear how loud the Charlton fans were there and yeah again yesterday they were absolutely fantastic as I say apart from that five or ten minutes after their goal where the Milton Keynes fans got a bit more into the game um, it, Charlton voices were the only ones you could hear and that's important and Carl referenced it as well said you know we need them and we've got some massive games coming up at home over the next few months as well in terms of a lot of the big six or big six top six coming to visit so we're going to need the fans and and the players show that when the fans are there they can thrive off it I think for me man of the match I would have given it to Cashy or Jake Forster-Kasky myself but he's right I agree with a lot of what he said and McGuinness's hold up play again was was fantastic and, and obviously he got his goal as well mm. Uh, Super Clive says the drummer makes a difference being at both in the, of, the, of the recent away games and they were both good atmospheres. The players feed off that. It goes for home games as well. Mm. Uh, he's still pretty pessimistic about getting the playoffs but that's what years of being a Charlton fan uh, does to you. Mark Anderson says dedicating to tonight's show to Super Josh McGuinness and uh, that's, a, that's a good idea. Uh, right. Okay. Uh, Lucas Cook says uh, Reeves was woeful in my opinion that Jake Foster Kasky uh, was was the man of the match? I mean, would you go that far, Reeves? I thought, I thought he looked quite tidy. Yeah, I think Woeful's a bit a bit harsh. I think, as I say, it looked to me like he was on a one man mission to get his goal and silence the the few MK Dons fans that were booing him. Um, so because of that, he made a couple of poor decisions in the final third. But he didn't have a huge amount of the ball. But uh, as I said at the time, you know, it was that middle triangle that that did have a lot of the play. And I thought what he did do, he did fairly well. Um, uh, you know he's probably a, a six out of ten, a fairly average performance from him. But um, yeah, I think Woeful's a bit harsh. Mm. Uh, excellent stuff. Martin Lee says that the Cashy goal was an absolutely lovely goal. Um, uh, and uh, we'll just scrolling down the time, I've got plenty of mentions today. There's people just having a chat in our mentions, which is why <laughs> uh, why we're struggling there. Right, Dean Lewington uh, says uh, London in a geezer has because uh, Dean Lewington was training with us earlier on in the season. Yeah. Uh, he said he obviously hasn't trained since. He looked about 20 stone yesterday. Uh, obviously, yeah, it's quite an interesting or funny story as to how Dean Lewington um, ended up training with us. Uh, my understanding is that, obviously, Robbie Nilsson was the MK manager. Dean Lewington's a bit of a MK or a legend, if you want to. Yeah, I think he's been there for their entire history. Um, so he's, he's obviously been uh, you know, well, well respected by the fans and the club. But he had a falling out with... Uh, uh, with uh, Robbie Nielsen from what I heard and, and uh, they, they got into a bit of a slanging match and he got uh, that's why I ended up here basically he, still, he was still in contract with Milton Keynes but he wasn't allowed uh, to be involved so <laughs> so Carlson, uh obviously offered to, to, to help him keep fit uh, although according to London Indigiza that didn't go very well but I mean uh, Robinson obviously yeah, respects him uh, Charlton Excel says great win yesterday well done to all even to you Carl Robinson uh, I think we're 50-50 for the playoffs but not sure we're strong enough to get all the way to Wembley I hope I'm wrong but I think our inconsistency will be our downfall 
Um, I mean, if we do get into those playoffs, I guess our inconsistency could play into our hands if we just so happen to be on and up <laughs> for those three games, I guess, is what, what the hope will be. I think it comes down to which teams are there. I mean, at the moment, Shrewsbury Wigan of top two. Then, we, as it stands, we would play Blackburn and Rotherham would play Scunthorpe. And I'd rather not play Blackburn over two legs. I've just got a feeling. I think of the other teams, I think, apart from Wigan, I think we could do them over two legs. You know, Wembley is is a one-off. It's, you know, you can't say, you know, what you take to Wembley is is purely on the day. I mean, it would a, a big pitch like that would suit our wingers, would suit us more possibly than some of them. Um, you know, Scunthorpe's got quite a little tiny pitch. So, I don't know. I think it just depends who you get. And, you know, get get to the six and then take it from there. Mm. Well, hopefully uh, we will get to the six and we'll see what happens. Right, as a quick break here on Charlton Live. Still plenty to come on the show. We've still got all your emails to read out. And also we're going to hear from the Charlton Athletic women's team captain, Kim Dixon, after the ladies progress to the FA Cup quarterfinals. with a 3-1 win over Cardiff. Uh, earlier on this afternoon. We're also going to have a little quiz here. There's a quiz night coming up at the Bexley Heath Marriott uh, on uh, Monday week, Monday the 26th of February. All the proceeds are going to Prostate Cancer UK. There's still 40 tickets to sell, so they've done really well. Like The majority of the tickets have gone, but we've got that last 40 that we want to shift. Uh, so I thought I'd get you all in the mood for some quizzing by having our own little quiz here in the studio. And finally, in focus this week, Joe Rebo. He was pushed further forward than what we've uh, tended to see from him uh, yesterday, and I wanted to see what you guys made of his performance. Right, quick break back in 30 seconds Captain sees but all my coffee's line he's gone for it you know oh what a goal oh what a goal by Armakashi oh that's almost at the halfway line unbelievable strike that is outrageous right footed we saw all my coffee's line what a goal Charlton Live. So welcome back to Charlton Live here on Maritime Radio. We're looking back at yesterday's 2-1 win up at Stadium MK against Milton Keynes. Uh, first. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Email comes in as always from Chris Davins. Uh, Good evening. Chris says it was my first trip to Stadium MK. It's the most soulless ground I've ever been to. 
why they built a stadium that size, I haven't got a clue. And you can't argue with that whatsoever. I mean, you walk into that stadium, it is honestly it's one of the most amazing stadiums you'll ever see. It was for the World Cup, wasn't it, I think, yeah. that we then didn't get. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly that. And I think they had the Rugby World Cup there, which mm. is uh, it's all, all Milton Keynes is good for. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, it's a beautiful stadium. Like It'd be fit to host like NFL or anything yeah. like that. It's just completely wasted on that lot. Completely yeah. wasted and just echo around. Like Charlton fans do quite well to get any noise there because yeah. there's so much, so much space for the noise to fight off into and they did quite well to get some atmosphere going. Uh, but yeah, it's a great stadium, completely wasted on them. Uh, he said the first half was dull, 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 like a testimonial apart from Cashy's rocket. It was dead. Second half, Milton Keynes actually put in some effort and made it difficult for us but over the 90 minutes, we deserved it. Thought everyone did okay for us barring Kai Kai. He was worse than useless. I thought he was meant to be some kind of wonder kid, not on today's showing. Anyway, job done, three points, one back in the playoff spots. Good day out despite the train disruption on the journey home. Uh, luckily, the only pub uh, in Miles is uh, is near Bletchley Station, so I spent an hour or two uh, post-match in there until the situation was sorted. I ended up doing quite similar, actually. I don't know if we would have been in the same pub. I was in this, there's a new Weatherspoons in Bletchley that I was in, but yeah, in the end, I had to get a, a lift to Milton Keynes to get a train home. I, I think I got home later from that than I would have done, than I've done from like the Doncaster game. <laughs> the nearest, uh, the nearest uh, game uh, we, we have pretty much other than the, the London derbies but he also mentioned that the Kai Kai then he, he felt the game was quite dead in the first half did you you feel the same I don't know about dead um, it, as I say it wasn't a great performance the atmosphere never helps as well when um, it is a yeah, dead atmosphere it does, it, it does have a feeling of a testimony or something yeah yeah I'd agree with that but um, yeah as I say uh, it wasn't it, on the whole it just wasn't a great performance from us but, but we got the job done uh, for Milton Keynes they're just a, a, a poor side so they weren't really able to offer much anyway so mm. yeah it, it wasn't a thriller um, but that goal certainly lit up that half but um, yeah I wasn't really by the end of the game anyway too concerned by the performance if I'm honest yeah. Seb Lewis has just tweeted in saying actually the spinach ricotta and mushroom pie at Milton Keynes is one of the richest football pies in in the country <laughs> and, oh, sorry one of the <laughs> nicest football pies in the country uh, much recommended Mark your, your Charlton Lives uh, very own <laughs> chef is that is that a good mixture spinach ricotta and mushroom yeah I'd, I'd go with that yeah. I, I, I think that sounds sounds very nice you brought us in some beef uh, and potato <laughs> pastries there but you've gone poshed it up so we're very very happy with those uh, indeed right next email uh, comes in from Dan Farmer says hi lads just a quick one uh, so glad I see a win first one on the road for two years <laughs> uh, 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 team performance was great bit scared when Milton Keynes scored so quickly after we did thought here we go again but we held out and got the points and that's all we can ask uh, of Robbo and the team the fans were excellent uh, I don't really remember too much of yesterday as had been on the on the beer since 10am uh, but glad we picked up an important three points and Super Josh scoring again let's hope he continues looked like he was saving himself for the important last three months of the season big game on Saturday let's get another win and start to push on from now on I mean talking about big Josh there I mean he has come back into form now I just I'm just thinking you know, when Northern Ireland got knocked out of the, of the World Cup I wonder if that was a real dent to his confidence and maybe that knocked him back for the last few few weeks as well just, just, just a theory I'm pretty sure when we listened back to the show we might have mentioned it as well you know and said that that might be an issue but um yeah, he's the advantage of not having another striker is that he's been given time to play himself back into form. Obviously, for our point of view, if we'd have been able to take him out of the firing line, throw someone else in, who knows whether we would have perhaps picked up more points in that time. But that didn't happen. He he had a few games, or more than a few games, where he struggled in terms of goals. But as we all said at the time, and we, I'm sure we reiterate now, he put the work in. He was good defensively. He was doing all the right things. He was just didn't have the confidence to put those chances away but mm. Carl Robinson's had faith in him the players have stuck by him and he's he's now responded with, with three goals in four games and 
Yeah, that goal yesterday epitomised that, the strength to get in front of his defender and the willing to get on the end of that ball and stick it home, and he's getting what he deserves. I like the fact that Dan was on the beer since tennis, because some, sometimes that's the only way to be able to watch Charlton play. <laughs> Often. Uh, yeah, if, if I may, maybe even go for half eight, nine. Sometimes <laughs> I've done that. I, I used to do that back in the day. Uh, right, Thomas Cross says, Evening, gents. Finally, we got over the line uh, with a well-deserved win. I thought Aribe was great on Saturday. Really like him in that forward role. He gives us another dimension uh, other than the speed of Marshall, which is great as it keeps the opposition guessing as to what attacking style we will adopt. I wasn't in the camp of bemoaning Robinson for the last few results bar Oxford. Uh, Doncaster got lucky, and as for Tuesday, a point against a good team in Bradford isn't disastrous considering we won at Valley Parade. Just praying Bauer is okay now with Piercy. Uh, on the pitch also it shall give us the leadership and experience we need to get over the line into the playoffs so we're still waiting to hear uh, exactly what the Bauer injury was uh, as you heard in the interview Carl didn't really uh, have much to say on that uh, and with Piercy I think he's going to I think he's going to be playing some more minutes during the week for the 23s uh, so hopefully that will mean he's fit enough to start next week but we will find out uh, he says as for Saturday's big game I fancy our chances against a strong and resilient Shrewsbury team we've hit a snag recently and they have a game on Tuesday night so physically we could have a slight edge 1-0 to the Addicts I think but I'm dreading the last 10 minutes already all the best uh, that's from Thomas Cross I mean yeah we, we, we can I guess start looking ahead to, to Saturday's game Shrewsbury Shrewsbury whatever it is coming to, to the Valley uh, they're top of the league uh, well I don't know if they will st- still be I don't know who's playing midweek actually but they're certainly top of the league at the moment I mean that that you know could be a real marker, and don't forget it's football for a fiver as well, so it could be a big crowd as well. Yeah, it's difficult to say. Though, I mean, saying about um, Pierce coming straight in alongside Bauer, but you, I don't see how you can drop Konza. Well, that's that's assuming might be assuming that Bauer so might if, be injured. If Bauer's injured, yeah. you know, fine, Pierce can come in alongside him. But you know, I don't I don't think if if Bauer's if Bauer's fit, you know, you'd go with Bauer and Konza because I think they're currently you know Pierce has got to have play on Monday mm. you know against uh, you don't know what kind of side Ipswich are going to put out because they play today mm. so they probably won't have too many bigger players so if he can get 60 minutes and he keeps injury free for the rest of the week you know start start yeah. with him and Conser on Saturday yeah. got a tweet in from uh, Nathan actually says our starting formation meant we were extremely narrow and therefore Milton Keynes had a player free uh, on the wing I mean, did, did you pick that up too much Tom of Milton Keynes having a free player uh, I think it was the way that they played with those two wing backs that that was the case. Um, yeah, as I say, Time was probably their standout player. Um, I think he's on loan, possibly from Stoke um, and Britain on the other side. So the result of that was that those two players got forward, and because we've got the two holding midfielders in a more in a naturally narrow position, um, you're relying on Reeves and Kai Kai to track back, who don't do that perhaps as much as the likes of Marshall or Ricky when he was here. So. That's where a lot of their attacking happened. Um, but as I say, I thought we adapted to that well. Brought on the players, um, Marshall off- offensively and then defensively as well. Um, and obviously the slight change in formation. I thought we handled that pretty well. But if there was going to be any chances from Milton Keynes, apart from a set piece, which is obviously how they scored, it was going to come from those two wing backs. So mm. yeah, width was very much the way they wanted to play. And I thought actually we, we coped with that fairly well. Mm. I think uh, Mark Anderson's just I think he's had a. Uh, a look into the future of premonition he says a big bad Carl is going to hold aloft the trophy at Wembley after Super Josh's winner so uh, I hope you're not wrong there Mark Anderson playoff final Uh, that'll be lovely lovely right final email uh, at the moment comes in from Alan Hyde says I thought the attitude of the team in the last 15 minutes was excellent they ran their socks off uh, hazing and harry and tackling like their lives depended on it there was no way 
uh, they were going to let another goal uh, in late. The fans were great too, singing out, clapping and anything else we could do to get the boys uh, going at the end of the match. When the final whistle went, you'd have thought we just won uh, the Champions League. I mean, I, I mean, like I say, even though we probably were reasonably comfortable in those closing stages, when that final whistle went, well, I certainly let out a big cheer because it's just a relief. And like I say, just to get that, that monkey off our back now. And we've seen that game. We've got three points. We're back in the top six. It did feel like quite a big result. You know, we'd had a big result at Milton Keynes a few years ago when we got into the playoffs under Parkey. I remember a 1-0 win at Milton Keynes when Nicky Forster scored a, a penalty and that felt like a really big slender, you know, it was a slender win, but it was a big win at the time. And that had the feeling of that yesterday, just with the little run we've been on, the little bit of a... Uh, you know, late goals we've been conceding recently. That did feel like a big result yesterday. Gets back on track. Yeah, and psychologically, just the fact that we're back in the playoffs now, um, that, you know, it is only one position different. But with the run Bradford have been on and the, the chance with them not playing, for us to be able to get back up there, it's a big statement because, as you said earlier in the show, we're now the team to be caught. And it, the future or the destiny is now in our own hands. If we do everything that we're supposed to do, we're going to finish in the playoffs at worst. So... That's the way we have to look at it. It, it. As I say, we were fairly comfortable, but it was absolutely still a relief when that whistle went because mm. the way results have gone recently, we've you know they've not been good enough. But we saw it out and we we got the win. And and as you say, it was a it was relief when the ref finally blew the, his whistle. Lewis Wheeler's weighed in on the uh, the debate around the the defence for for next week. It says regarding Conzerif, Bauer, and Pierce are the centre backs. I'd move Conza. Uh, to right back uh, Jada Silva's effect on the game going forward and backwards is light years ahead of Solly now Solly doesn't seem to have that power in his legs anymore and understandably so I mean, would you would you see that as an option Mark to, to, yeah, to take I'd, Solly out and put Konza right back I'd be happy with that um, no, with nothing against Chris Solly but I think possibly he's another one who hasn't really had much of a rest this season and we know sometimes if, with his injuries you know, he was the kind of player you'd always worry if he could do Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, you know, in in a row. But, he, you know, he's he's been lucky, or he's been better this season in managing mm. his fitness, possibly. So, but I, I wouldn't be adverse just to saying, you know, put put Conzer on the side. Mm. Right, let's have a little break here again on Chart Life. When we come back, we're going to hear from Kim Dixon, the women team uh, captain after their FA Cup win today. We've still got our little uh, in-house quiz we're going to have. Uh, and like I said, we've also got our player in focus, which is Joe Rebo now. So we need a few more tweets and messages in about Joe Rebo. I'll retweet the uh, tweet about Rebo, uh, and you can respond to that. Let us know what you made of his performance yesterday in that more advanced role. Well, we'll be back in 30 seconds. Into the, into the box, it's a flick off from beginning. Yeah! Oh, child of grand the equaliser! I think it could have been Bauer on the line, but McGuinness's initial header. And quite how we've done it, I've no idea, but Charlton are back on level terms. Right, welcome back. This is Charlton Live uh, on your Sunday evening here on Maritime Radio. Now, uh, FA Cup runs, they don't happen too often in these parts. Uh, certainly not by the men's team, but the women's team 
uh, have a much better record in that in the uh, uh, competition. Uh, they were away to Cardiff City today. Uh, 3-1 winners into the quarterfinals of the FA Cup. The only team outside of the top two divisions of the women's game to make it this far. I caught up with the China Athletic women's team captain, Kim Dixon, on the phone uh, this afternoon to talk about the uh, the run in the competition. Joined by women's team captain Kim Dixon on the phone here as the uh, the women's team have uh, progressed to the quarterfinals of the FA Cup with a 3-1 win at Cardiff City. Good, uh, good evening, Kim. How are you doing? I'm good, thanks. And, uh, well, through to the uh, the quarterfinals of the FA Cup, the run keeps on going. Uh, good, great win today. Oh, uh, yeah, it, was, it wasn't, was really hard, to be fair. We started... Off really well, went up, went three 0 up at half time. And to be fair to Cardiff, they uh, up the game second half and come at us, and uh, we we pretty much hang on for the win in the end. But um, we're, we're in the next round, so we're the only team in our league to be in the next round. So everyone's pretty much buzzing. Here we get tomorrow. Yeah, you mentioned that you're the only the only team out, outside of the top two leagues in women football now who are still. Uh, in in the competition, so that in itself is is a bit of an achievement. I mean, how how far do you guys think you can go? I guess you're only three games away from the final now. You got every you know got as good a chance as anyone else. Yeah, of course we have. We have, we have to believe that we we can we can go further. Um, it's, it's great for us as a football club to get to the next round. Anyway, don't get me wrong. The quarterfinals of the FA Cup, just saying that is is crazy in itself. But um, we've worked hard to get, and we don't want to go out with a whimper. So whoever we get, I'm sure we'll. We'll put it in and try and get a win. Mm. I mean, you, you look at the sides that are left in this competition. Still, you you you've got the some of the big guns there, the Arsenal's, the the, the Chelsea's as well. So, have you got your eye on uh, a particular team you want? Man City away, maybe. Yeah, we were, we were just discussing who, who we'd like to get. But teams like that, then it's, it's a big occasion for the club again. Once again, to play probably probably the front of a lot of supporters as well with the support they get. Um, so that that would be very very interesting for us. Um, but if we got home side, we're we're more than capable of probably turning some teams over that are probably not in the top four that we could probably get. Mm. Um, so that that's probably more that we're looking for that one if we want to progress. But a big tie would be would be good for us as well. Just just an experience really. Yeah. And uh, tell us about today's game. It was a bit of a blitz of goals. So three goals within nine minutes. There, two for Kit Graham. Uh, and one for Charlotte Gurr, so that must have put you in a really, a really commanding position. Yeah, to be fair, first half we we played really well. We popped the ball around really well, um, and yeah, we, we done really well first half. Kept the ball well. Um, they set off us a little bit. Trying, I think they tried to hit us on the counter, um, but we were went three new up quite quickly and hit them quite well. So quite, quite really happy with the first half. And then the second half they came at us. We got deeper and deeper and probably put a little bit of pressure on ourselves we obviously really wanted to get through um, considering quite an early goal second half to put again a little bit of pressure um, but at the end of the day we saw it out probably could have scored the fourth just to make it secure uh, but didn't in the end but we're through that's what it matters really yeah I guess winning's become a bit of a habit for you lot this season I think last week's defeat against Lewis was your first uh, since uh, October and only your third of the season so it's a great result to bounce back from that disappointment as well yeah, definitely. Uh, we were pleased with the first half. We played some really good football first half, um, but we just couldn't couldn't do that second half. Because to be fair to Cardiff, they they came and pressed us and made it really really difficult for us to, to play. Um, but yeah, we, we keep taking games to 120 minutes, so I'm quite quite pleased we got through 90s today and uh, got the job done. Mm. Um, obviously, the, the the cup run's been great for you this season. You've still got the league as well. 
Uh, I think you've been knocked off the, the top by uh, Basildon, actually. But, um, I mean, you, you still got a game in hand there. So, you've still got every chance of finishing top of this league as well. I mean, in, in terms of targets you've set for your season, I guess winning that league must be right up there now. Yeah, that, uh, the league is, is the most important thing. The FA Cup, the FA Cup, you always want to do well in that. But the league is our priority and what we, what we really, really want to do well in. Um, mm. But, as you said, like, yeah, we are... We are second at the moment but we're now gaming now and we go top again um, we've probably been top all season other than this week so that's where we want to be and that's where we want to stay so we've got to work hard in, it's a shame we haven't played the league game in a long time <laughs> yeah. um, to keep it because of this cup run and the cup runs we're having um, but we, we keep going we keep, we keep plugging away every single game yeah, and your next two games, both are, are semi-finals as well, and the Isthmian Cup and the, and the Capital Cup are uh, away to Burgess Hill and then uh, at home to Leighton Orient. So you've got a real chance of, uh, you know, still still fighting on, yeah. yeah, still fighting on quite a few fronts there. Yeah, they come fast now, really, um, coming to this sort of stage of the season. Um, so we've, we'll, we'll see how we get on. Obviously, we've got a game Wednesday uh, away to Burgess Hill, and then obviously Sunday we've got uh, Leighton Orient at home at Tensley Town. Yeah, well, excellent. Well, Kim, good luck in all those uh, in all those cup games. As uh, I know you're a, a Charlton supporter as well, so you know that cup yeah. runs aren't really that something that comes around too often in, in <laughs> SE7. Really, yeah. To be fair, we've we've done quite well in the FA Cup last few last few years. Um, a couple of years ago, we got to the quarterfinals as well and got knocked out um, in the cup last a good desire and they got rewarded for it uh, so they still the whole team show that they really want really want really want want really really want want really really want really 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 if you want to be my lover welcome back it's Charlton Live here on uh, Marathon Radio excellent to hear from women team captain Kim Dixon there as uh, the Addicts progress to the quarterfinals of the FA Cup, the draw is tomorrow. Uh, Charlton are the only team uh, outside the Super League divisions one and two to, to make it this far. So Man City are there. I think Liverpool, Arsenal, Chelsea. There are big, huge teams there that, that could be coming to Thamesmead or the Valley, whichever wherever they decide to play that. Uh, all three of us have, have been to see the women's team in the past. And uh, if it's a home tie, I'll definitely be there. Definitely. If it's an away tie, I'll see if I can get there. But home tie, I'll definitely want to be It'll there. It'll be interesting to see if they have a home tie and they have it at the Valley. Because possibly um, having it at Thamesmead Town might be a bit more of a leveller mm. of, a, of a pitch mm. of a Man City or sort of like the Chelsea's of this world. But saying that, you know, I've, I've seen what was the way the girls play. You know, it's, it's, it's terrific, and that, that doesn't mean sound patronising because why shouldn't it be? Um, but they are, they, you know, they they play with such an intense passion to it, and I've I've been really impressed this year because they had a new goalkeeper come in Katie Startup yeah. and you know terrific terrific goalkeeper and that was a snip and she's 19 and you're thinking wow you know yeah. the, the, her, her whole career ahead of her I mean there'll be there'll be teams special teams looking at the players we've got you know and saying right we'll, we'll, we'll poach them so no it is wonderful to see and so, so it's really good and I hope I get a good draw mm. excellent right it is now time for you guys to put your headphones on please <sighs> Because as promised, uh, we are having a quiz. Now, on the 26th of February, uh, Monday evening, so it's a Monday week, 
uh, between 7 and 10 p.m. Uh, Charlton are putting on a quiz night to be held in honour of uh, Prostate Cancer UK. Now, as we've mentioned a few times on, on the show, uh, myself and uh, a few people, other people involved in the club, so uh, obviously Tracy Lieburn, uh, former players as well, like Scott Minto, um, are all getting involved. We're doing a, a, a cycle to uh, Amsterdam from London to raise money for Prostate Cancer UK. Uh, it's a, a, a charity that the club supports very well. Uh, and this is part of that fundraising. The, all the money raised on this evening at this quiz night is going to be for Prostate Cancer UK. Uh, the likes of Scott Minto is going to be there. The current the current management team, so Carl Robinson, uh, Johnny Jackson and, and Lee Bowyer are going to be there. Uh, Kevin Nisby is going to be there. Uh, Carl Lieburn, as I might mention, Bob Boulder, Gary Nelson are all going to be there. So it's going to be a great night hosted by Scott Minto. Uh, there's still about 40 tickets left. They're £10 each per ticket. Uh, we want to shift those, those final 40 tickets. It's like I say, it's all it's all for for charity. Uh, so if you head over to the Charlton website, and I've just about to, I've just tweeted the uh, the link as well from the Charlton Life uh, Charlton Live sorry uh, Twitter page. Uh, you'll be able to buy your tickets for that. The last forty, come come on down. You'll uh, get to meet like I say all those uh, Charlton legends and the current management team. Charlton Live have a table there. We have a table, so you've got to try and beat us because uh, I will be unbearably smug. Uh, if we do win, unbearably more smug, I should I should add. Um, but so to get you in the mood anyway for a quiz, I thought we'd. Um, uh, have a little mini in-house quiz here. I'm going to set Mark and Tom against each other. I just wrote this this afternoon. It's just a little, little. Uh, well, I think it's easy. You guys can either prove me uh, correct or wrong. <laughs> um, right now, obviously, as we, whenever we do a quiz here, we need a noise to say if you're correct or a noise to say if you're wrong. So uh, uh, Nathan was on commentary for the Bradford City game, so I've chosen some of his commentaries. Uh, so if you're correct, you'll hear a bit of this. Get in now. Bit of get in there now, uh, and if you're wrong, you'll get Nathan incorrectly deciding a goal was offside. Oh, he's off, offside. So they're, they're the two correct noises. No one was offside. That goal stood uh, perfectly well. So uh, right, um, I'll quickly toss a. I ain't got a coin to hand, uh, so I'm going to toss a thing of post-it notes. Mark, you call. Do you want? Uh, do you want the yellow side up or the white side up? White side. White side up. It's the white side. So do you want to go first oh. or second? Oh, okay, first. First, right, okay. So, Mark, you are first. The question is, who scored our second league goal of this season? <sighs> Going to have to hurry you. Um, Josh. Get in now! Correct, he scored our second league goal. It was the first goal uh, in the 4-1 win against Northampton. Now, the uh, first question for Mr Tom Wallin is, uh, who scored our first League Cup goal of the season? Oh, God. Yeah. Uh, who should we go for? The person who scored the first league cup. I'm not going to get him, so I'll just pick anyone. Um, Let's go with Billy Clark. Get in now! Uh, I came out of nowhere. He scored (laughs) our first goal uh, down at Exeter City. He barely hit it, but it went in. Messing. I knew that. (laughs) Oh, did you? All right, okay. Uh, We're back with Mark now. Mark, your second question is one all after after one question each. I'm on tenterhooks here. Uh, Joe Dodu scored twice for the Addicts. The first one was on his debut against Oldham. Who was the second one against? Second and final, sadly. (sighs) When did he go back? Went back after the Wigan game, 0-0. Helped you, though. (laughs) Going to have to press you again. Fleetwood. Oh, he's off! Offside! No, it's incorrect. He scored against Fulham under-21s in the oh. Checker Trade Trophy. I'm afraid, Mark, you've uh, you've got that one wrong. Uh, Tom, in what game did Billy Clark suffer his season-ending injury? Uh, Blackburn, away. 
Get in there. 2-1 to Tommy. Takes the lead on the second question. There we go, Mark. Ball's in your court. You've got some catching up to do. You've got to come from behind. Uh, it, you know, you've got to hope that Tom's defending is as good as Charlton's <laughs> has been over the last couple of weeks. Uh, right, the first Addicts player to be sent off this season. Uh, Novak. Get in there. Correct. That was probably first quite day, easy. One. Yeah, first day. Seven minutes into the new season, uh, he got sent off against Bristol Rovers. We still went on to win uh, by a goal. To win. What was Charlton's first away win of the season? Tom Wallin in the league. Uh, Rotherham. Get in there. Uh, excellent. I think uh, Tom's obviously been uh, doing his studying for this. Right. So after three questions, uh, each is three two to Tom. So you got some catching up. So there's only five questions, by the way. Mark should have mentioned that earlier before you <laughs> no. before you got one wrong. Right. Um, Mark Ricky Holmes was spotted uh, at Sheffield United uh, in the hotel at the ground the night before Charlton played a game. What game was it? So what game was oh, Ricky Holmes spotted at Sheffield United the night before? <laughs> Got ten minutes left of the show here. Not yep, sorry, hurry um, yeah. You need this, Mark. This is big. Was it Blackpool? Oh, he's off. Offside. Incorrect. It was Berry away. So Tom, you've got a chance to finish him off here. You could go into an unassailable four-two <laughs> lead uh, with your fourth question. Who scored Cholton's first goal of 2018? Uh, it was. Clearly, you know it. <laughs> Who did we play? Oh. oh. Oh, Tom. You're bottling it. Yeah, I am bottling it, yeah. Um, Bottle drop FC. you got five seconds. A Rebo. Get in there! Oh, <laughs> absolute guess as well. He scored the header against <laughs> against Gillingham. So, Tom has, is in an unassailable 4-2 lead. We might as well do the last couple of questions. Uh, Mark... You're playing for pride now. What little you have left. <laughs> uh, who scored Charlton's last goal of 2017? <clears throat> that pride is ebbing away. Yeah, <laughs> scratching at it now anyway. Um, <laughs> Fotskowski. Oh, he's off. Offside. Embarrassing. Embarrassing. Yeah. It was, uh, it was uh, Reeves away at Southend. Uh, so your final score is two out of five. Uh, Tom, you're looking for the perfect five out of five. Uh, referee Robert Lewis was wiped out by Josh McGuinness at the start of the second half of what game? Oh. Come on. Come on, we want the Grand Slam here. Wales aren't going to do it, so... <laughs> All right. <laughs> um... <sighs> Who's in our league? No, 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 no cheating, no cheating. <laughs> MK, MK Dons. Oh, he's off offside he's bottled it at the last it was against Doncaster Rovers at home so there we go we've got you in the mood I believe for next Friday's uh, quiz night uh, at the Bexley Heath Marriott it's £10 uh, per ticket like I say every single penny goes to charity the, the hotel have given up their uh, their room for free uh, or everyone who's working at the club who's been making questions presumably harder questions than the one I've been making there uh, have given up their time for free as well now the questions are going to be there's going to be some rounds on Charlton I think a couple of rounds on Charlton uh, so, uh, and some rounds on general knowledge Charlton Live have a team the uh, Charlton Athletic Museum have a team. That's, a, that's turned into a bit of a grudge match, actually, because us, us versus them, so we want to win that. But you guys, uh, you don't have to fill out. Like, if, you, if you have 10 of you, you want to come, you can 
book a table of 10. Uh, if there's just one or two of you, book any book any tickets and you'll be put into a team. You'll meet other Charlton fans. Like I say, you get to meet Carl Robinson uh, and, and some Charlton legends from days gone by as well. Right, we'll have a very quick break and we'll do our last uh, five minutes or so. We're going to talk about Joe Rebo playing in that more advanced role as he did yesterday. Silver steps in, wins it back for Charlton, comes away on a run and then feeds Fossu over halfway. Fossu on the left-hand side, heading towards the penalty area, looking to take on Pond. Gets in the box, is he going to fall over? No, he's got his address! There's number three! Welcome back, Charlton Live here on Maritime Radio. Just to clarify, it's Monday the 26th of, uh, of February is the, is the quiz. I think at one point I said that wrong, but it's Monday the, the 26th. Tickets still available from the Charlton website. If you check our Charlton Live Twitter page, you'll see a link uh, to it as well. All the money goes to charity. Now, uh, London Intergeezer, uh, after Lewis tweeted in about Solly earlier, says, uh, Solly pound for pound is the toughest little bugger playing in the league. He loves his commitment. He goes in whether he gets the ball or kills. <laughs> Dan Walter said, did anyone else notice that Fosu travelled up and sat in the away end uh, yesterday? And he's got a nice photo of uh, presumably his son uh, with uh, with Tariq Fosu there in the away end. Also, we had Steffi Mavadidi who wasn't in the away end but was there as well. So, as, as Carl mentioned during his interview, good to see a, uh, even a lone player go all the way up to... Uh, uh, to, to an away game just to just to watch his teammates even though he isn't really currently with us he's gone back to Arsenal for his treatment until we can fit enough to come back now uh, player in focus uh, for the last five minutes is, as we've been talking about uh, Joe Ariba now you know, we, we said it at the top of the show and we've been saying it over the last few weeks but I mean, this is a player that's divided opinion and I've said as in whether pe- people thinking whether he should have been dropped or not not as in he's divided opinion in terms of his performances which tended to be pretty good um, you know some people felt that Forster Kasky had played so well that he deserved to come straight back into the side some people felt with uh, the fact that Ariba was playing well at the time and as you said on, on Thursday I think Mark he had the shirt at the time so should he have been dropped just because there's another player who you know is waiting in the wings to come back and you, you, you felt maybe not um, it's, it's difficult because obviously the manager sees things and you can't really complain about the Inkashi JFC partnership at all. But as I, as I said, you know, Joe had the shirt, and I'd, I'd feel miffed if it were me. I'd, I'd be sort of like saying, no, I know I'm sort of like young, and you know, Carl's maybe looks at him, but I think Jake's only what two years older than him, so it's it's easy to protect him. I think you know, if he has a good um, end of a season, he'd be one of the players in the summer, you know, who'd be scouted by some of the big boys because they'd look at him and say, you know what. He, he can do, he can do that kind of like job. Hmm. Tom, your your views. I mean, you, we saw him in that more advanced role, and we we have seen him play ten before. But I say this is the first time we've seen that that triangle of power, as I'm going to call it now, with Forster, Kasky, and Kashi <laughs> at the at the bottom of the defensive midfield. Ariba playing ten. You know, it's like the Bermuda Triangle for the other team's midfielders because they're going in there, they ain't coming out. Mm. Yeah, I think. When he came in, when Forster Kasky was injured, he did brilliantly. Um, I thought he was really good. He started to get back amongst the goals as well, which is something we didn't really see of him when he first burst onto the scene. I am a huge fan of Jake Forster Kasky, and therefore when he was back fit, although it was harsh on Aribo, I wanted to see Forster Kasky back in. Having said that, I was really pleased that Aribo got his chance yesterday, and I think he impressed me a lot in that number 10 role. Um it's uh, in hindsight perhaps could have been done earlier but um yeah he's been 
for me, he's been fantastic. He had to wait a long time for his chance at the start of the season, and when he came in, it was like he'd never been away. Mm. Um, and yeah, he's uh, yeah, he's doing everything right. He's he's mm. driving forward. He's looking confident. He's playing attacking football, and that's what we want from him. And someone pointed out earlier, said people saying it's no coincidence that we were winning when he was in, and then we didn't win for the couple of games he was out. I mean, do, do you mm. think that you know he, he's got that much influence on the team? <sighs> I mean. I, I don't think that the only reason we started losing or struggling was because he was out of the team, but I do think he, he's a pivotal player within that team. Um, you've seen the likes of Fosu come out, Clark come out, um, Pierce come out, uh, and we've had issues when, when big players are, and that's the same with any team that, that loses players. Um, but at the same time, at the start of the season, we were doing very well, and Aribo wasn't being considered at all. So I don't think it's fair to to necessarily say just because he went out that's why we started to struggle but he certainly now now he's started to play and he, we've perhaps found a newer role for him now I think he can certainly be an important player for us going forward mm, so I tweeted out um, <laughs> uh, London in the geezer uh, responded to our tweet about Joe Arriba asking how, you, how he fared uh, yesterday London in said he was absolute quality he should never have been dropped in the first place presumably he only came back in by default due to Fosu missing out I'd start him every week so next week now where do we go Fosu Arriba Fosu's played well but do you again drop the man in the shirt who's played well this week? Uh, possibly drop Kakai, bring Fozzy in, and keep it pretty much as is. Yeah, so, so put Fossil on the wing. Fossil on the wing. Yeah. They leave Joe where he is mm. because obviously you know it's going to be a, a different kettle of fish playing against a team who are top of the table against a team who are struggling at the bottom. Um, but like I say their, their form is a bit indifferent at the moment. But, you know, you're not up top for being mugs. So. Mm, excellent. Right, we have actually run out of time. Uh, on tonight's Charlton Live, the show's absolutely flown by. Thanks to you guys for all getting involved. Also, thanks to uh, Kim Dixon from the women's team. We're going to be uh, looking out uh, for the draw tomorrow to find out who they get in the quarterfinals of the Women's FA Cup. And hopefully it'll be a home tie and we'll get as many of us down there as possible to watch it. Right, Tom Wallen, thank you for dashing back from Italy to uh, be here this evening. Cheers, I'm going to sleep now. <laughs> Mark Newbury, thank you for your, your meat and potato pie there. Well, I'm going home to learn more stuff. Yeah, yeah, important. <laughs> and uh, I've been Louis Mendes. Thank you to all of you who've listened uh, live this evening or via the podcast, which you can download from uh, iTunes or from Acast. I hope you've enjoyed the show. Thanks for getting involved. Uh, we'll be back on Thursday to look ahead to next Saturday's uh, Football for a Fiver game at home to Shrewsbury Town. We'll see you later. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm.